Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our 217faith.church service, where we believe in preaching a godly, biblical perspective, putting others first, and living out a Christ-like faith in action. We greet you in the name of the Lord, and we hope that you will hear God's word today and be moved to put your own faith in him to work. We'd like to direct you to our ministry website at 217faith.church, where you may find previous services and other teachings to aid you in your Christian walk. Also there, you will find opportunities to put your faith into action. Next month, we are supporting local organizations, providing Thanksgiving meals and Christmas assistance to needy families. Our choice here where we're at in the Tampa area will be our, our local Salvation Army, but we encourage you to minister to those in your community, those who need it most. If you have access to a Salvation Army unit, then great. But if not, please do what you can. Help where you can. Uh, join us as we make a difference uh, for those in need this holiday season, that they may be reminded of the love and the grace of God. So would you be part of this team this Christmas season, this November and December season, as we join and bring in these precious gifts of hope and substance to those who need it most. Visit our ministry website, 217faith.church, for more details on doing just that, putting your faith in action. Also, uh, don't forget our resources for helping you through your own wilderness experience, and also the new resources that we have on praying through the Psalms, uh, helping you to discover the wisdom of God in our everyday situation. Both of them are available through our ministry website, and we pray that God uh, will use uh, the, the, the material that we've gathered together in these books uh, to bless you and to help you grow in your faith with him. Our scripture for today's message comes from the book of Ephesus, Ephesus uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 16. It's a longer passage, but we want to set the context into what we want to share with you today. So let's read there together. Ephesians 2, 4 through 16. And the writer says to us, However, God is rich in mercy. He brought us to life with Christ while we were dead as a result of those things that we did wrong. He did this because of the great love that he has for us. You are saved by God's grace. And God raised us up and seated us in heaven with Christ Jesus. And God did this to show the future generations the greatness of his grace by the goodness that God has shown us in Christ Jesus. You and me are saved by God's grace because of our faith. Paul continues, this salvation is God's gift. It's not something that you possess. It is not something that you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus, he says, to do good things. God planned for those good things to be the way that we live our lives. At that time, you and I were without Christ. You were aliens rather than citizens of Israel and strangers to the covenant of God's promise. In this world, you had no hope. You had no God. But now, thanks to Christ Jesus, you who were once so far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ is 
our peace. He made both the Jews and the Gentiles into one group. And with his body, he broke down the barriers of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one person out of the two groups making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which, of course, ended the hostilities with God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. There is absolutely so much for us to unpack here. And the book of Ephesians has that power. But we're merely going to scrape the surface in our time together today. And so we encourage you to continue to visit us time and time again as we develop these uh, teachings further. So we want to talk today about God's ongoing reconciliation. And reconciliation is really a key topic in the Christian faith. The Apostle Paul describes his own work as a ministry of reconciliation elsewhere. And then he talks about his gospel as a message of reconciliation. Paul also makes it quite clear where this reconciliation comes from. God is the author, he says, and Christ is the one through whom he brings it about. And in other words, we could add the Holy Spirit is the one that applies it to us. You see, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. But what does reconciliation mean? You see, the answer seems to indicate that either actions by which two parties in conflict are brought together or the state in which their openness is enjoyed and expressed. Paul says that this reconciliation is something that we have received through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So even when we make peace with one another, we think, well, we're such peacemakers. We're able to do that through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and what Christ did on the cross. You see, he says, we've not achieved it by our own efforts. We, as we previously read, we have received it from him as a gift. But unfortunately, because of sin, there has been created a separation between God and us. And therefore, God, through his own ongoing redemptive work, provided through a terrible instrument of death, the Roman cross, the crucifixion of Christ, which has made it possible for you and for me to be reunited back to him. You see, this willful disobedience on our part, this active sinful behavior made us enemies of a holy God. Yet the cross has brought peaceful reconciliation. These acts of rebellion against our loving creator produce a chasm between God and us. Yet the cross has bridged it so that we can visit each other again. Sin broke our relationship, our friendship with God, yet the cross has restored it. To put the same truth across in a different word, as Paul himself does in the letter to the Romans, he says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, to me, that is the best definition of reconciliation that I can share with you. We deserve death for our actions. Yet God does all that he can to bring us life. Even taking upon himself the punishment that we deserve in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. 
But why did God do this? Why does he go through all the trouble? I mean, we human beings can be so wretched, so evil, so childish, so disobedient. And yet we read that the reason he does this is because he loves us so much. Have you ever needed to be reconciled to someone? Perhaps to an individual, a, a group of people, perhaps even to yourself. I know I have. I do. I still need to. I wrote about it in, in one of the books that we mentioned in the wilderness experience and how uh, through my own arrogance and ignorance, it caused me to break fellowship with many people, uh, an entire organization, it would seem like. Yet, as God continues to reconcile me back to him, I pray that one day he may grant me a path to reconcile with those that I have mistreated and even been disobedient towards in the past. I can testify that I am currently actively seeking such a restoration, but will need to trust in God's perfect timing, as do all we in our own different situations. The Apostle Paul, as he often does, very eloquently and yet in a meaningful and way, in a way that we can all understand, helps us to see this passage that we read and, and so that we can see that everything that God does is motivated by his love for us. It is always purposeful and it is always intentional. It is nothing out of circumstance, happenstance. It is nothing out of just whoops, pure luck. No, God always has a purpose. And the work of grace that God performed in the life of our Savior, Jesus, he who, who makes redemption possible, is but an illustration of what he wants to do in each of our lives. Meaning Christ was raised from the dead. So that we are also raised from death, the death of our sin, as we accept his gift of salvation. Beware, however, for personal pride, which often gets in the way, will not allow for this transformative work to be completed in us. Unconfessed sin, which we tend to hide away, will not allow for his mercy to be fully realized in us. Doubt, which often guides us in our daily lives, Doubt about his faithfulness and goodness will cause us to wander away from his perfect will, which is right in front of our faces. As a result, we need to be intentionally seeking to renew our perspective on life and God's grace in us daily. We need to release our past and live in the mercy of God. And we need to remember our purpose and how we were saved by faith to go and tell others about this amazing act of love. So let us land here just for a bit and talk about these three crucial acts of faith in our Christian walk, our daily Christian walk. And so as God continues to reconcile us to him, may we first of all renew our perspective of God's grace in our lives. What do I mean by that? David Livingston was a Scottish missionary and an explorer who spent 33 years in the heart of Africa. He endured much suffering as he labored to spread the gospel and opened the continent to missionary, Christian missionary work. This godly missionary himself uh, once remarked it. He once said, uh, people talk about the sacrifice, he says, that I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. But then he said, can it be called a sacrifice? That that is paid back as a small part of God's great debt owing to us, to him, from us to him. 
which we, of course, can never repay. It is not, he says, absolutely not a sacrifice, yet it is a privilege. Anxiety and sickness and suffering or danger now and then with preceding common conveniences and charities, he adds, on this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver in the soul and to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory that we share hereafter that will be revealed for us. He finishes by saying, I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk. When we remember the great sacrifice which he made, he who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. You see, friends, our faithful work must be guided by our gratitude for what God did for us and nothing else. When we compare what God has done for you and for me to anything that we could do, through anything that we may be going through, whether it is uh, the death of a, of a loved one, uh, frustrations at work, a, a broken relationship, financial uncertainties, it will never compare with what God was willing to do to restore us to his grace. And in fact, anything we experience here is merely temporary, for he is focused on the eternal rather than on the now. So we may be called or allowed to walk a path that from an earthly perspective, it, it could be seen as a painful or a difficult one, but never forget that from a heavenly perspective, we, it is intended to solidify our faith, in our good God, to build up our character as a faithful and obedient follower of Jesus, and to define our Christian walk as that of a reliant believer who walks in accordance to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Far too often, we tend to look at the world through, through the lenses of our experience, and, and while there is value in that, we must first of all understand how do those experiences define us? Because depending on how they define us, that's how we're going to see the world. For example, I've had the privilege of knowing men and women who dealt with addiction all of their lives. They hurt many people. They alienated families and friends. Yet as they worked through their sobriety and came on the other side of that difficult journey, their past failures did not define them. Sure. They serve to remind them as a reminder of what a lifetime of poor choices could bring about. But for those who have successfully remained clean, they have learned how to see their past as a launching pad into a hopeful future with now God as the highest of powers in their lives rather than their previous selfish actions. Who they are does not define them. Who they can be in Christ truly becomes a better perspective upon each of their lives. How we look at our situations, how we come to understand God's mercy and grace and love will have a high impact on how we live our lives and even more how we treat other people. Are we still blaming God for the things that have come our way? Or do we daily choose to begin afresh with the Creator and improve upon our disciplines, our faithful walk with Him? The first one will only produce frustrations. The latter one 
will create in us a persevering hope. Hope that because God loves us so much, because he did all that he could to redeem us, that we can indeed be reconciled to him and also to one another. And as we do, we will naturally learn to release our past and live in the mercy of God's restorative love. What do I mean by that? Well, we may still need to make amends. We may still need to reach out to those whom we have hurt and humbly seek their forgiveness, mercifully ask for their reconciliation, and hope in the goodness of God that they will grant us such a release. But you know, truly at this point, we are only in control of what we can do, right? We cannot control the decisions of others. We cannot get frustrated if others are not ready to take the faithful step of action that we are. And that's okay. In those cases, we simply must learn to keep waiting on God's faithful and perfect timing. We get frustrated when God doesn't act in our timing. But trust me, He knows best. You can search the internet over about and searching about how to let go of your past. And you will come across countless links of self-help guides to help us to achieve this. However, may I suggest that we simply use common sense when addressing things that have already happened. First of all, it happened right? The toothpaste is out of the tube. You cannot put it back again. Rather, how are we going to clean up the mess that we already made and ensure that we don't make that same mistake again? Our past actions, they are written with the sharpest of sharpies, and no life hack will help us to erase them. We can, however, learn from them and grow from those mistakes, adapt our behavior, and, and adapt the way we move forward. Because of God's redemptive work, we are not the people that we used to be. Okay, maybe we were, we were really bad. Maybe we left a trail of hurt hearts and bruised egos and disappointed people and people that just straight out don't like us. And perhaps trying to rectify those things may not be possible, not right now. So what do we do? Start now by forgiving yourself as God has forgiven you. Often we beat ourselves down and we are our own enemies that don't allow ourselves to move beyond what God has in store for us or move in that direction. You see, as wretched as I know that I am, God loves me so much and he has brought me through his love. And I would then continue to seek his reconciliation with others because of what he's done in my life. God has healed my soul. He has mended my heart. It is he who brings restoration to our lives. And so it is him that will humble me through past experiences and produce hope in my walk so that when that time is right, reconciliation can happen with others. When we learn to let go of the past through the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can begin to become the person that God intends for us to be. We can quickly begin to live according to his purpose for our lives which is the last thing that I just want to touch on today. We can learn to remember our purpose and why we have been shown such a kindness, a kindness that we should be duplicating in our dealings with one another, whether it's a friend or a foe. But what are we really talking about here? Well, first of all, we were not saved because of anything that we did, right? We read that in our scripture this morning. 
It was all God. All that we did was accepted. And even that we were able to do through the prevenient grace, the prevenient work, which the Holy Spirit led us to make the right choice for him as our hearts were ready and open to his perspective. Remember, he did it all because of the great love that he has for us. Secondly, it is a gift. A gift is meant to simply be accepted and enjoyed. A gift is not necessarily something that we earn or deserve, but it is given anyways, right? So accept that gift of salvation. And thirdly, God did it all. He did all of this because it is the purpose for which we were created. That we may do good things, we read about, right? Our Christian faith is one of actions, and we must be doers of the faith rather than just hearers of it. It is absolutely wonderful. It is great to hear stories of how other saints throughout the Christian faith, maybe even our brothers and sisters that are around us, and the wonderful things that God is accomplishing through them. But never go complacent and think that you do not need to come up with your own spiritual achievements. And by that, I mean seek God's help, seek God's purpose, and get to work as he leads you. These are good deeds that he has already laid before you. And they will come about by the way that we live our life for him in obedience to him. God's ongoing redemptive work is made to simply remind us that while we were still sinners, I mean separated from God, Willfully living in a state of sin, Christ died for us so that our sin debt could be paid and we could stand in the presence of a holy God and be reunited to him. Christ, as we read, is our source of peace. So Paul reminds us, he makes us a new person, able to learn from the past, but fully trust in God's perspective for the future. By what Christ did on the cross, he ended all hostilities between him and us. And so he can also end all hostilities between one another. May we use that to end hostilities within our own hearts, our own minds, and hostilities with our spouses, our family members, friendships, and hostilities with those whom we may have heard in the past through our arrogance and our ignorance, perhaps as I did. May we be willing and open to make amends. If God can reconcile us back to him, then there is no relationship in our lives that he cannot mend. So let us begin afresh with him, through him, walking in faith, believing, believing that he knows best. And according to his purpose, we will be restored to him and hopefully to one another. Let us pray. Father, here we are seeking to be made right right with you, right with each other. We humbly confess our shortcomings, our, our evil behaviors, our willful disobedience, and we ask that you will continue to work your reconciliation and restoration in every aspect of our lives. Create in us, O oh Lord, a new heart. Renew a right spirit within us that we may get to work for your honor and glory rather than our own selfish desires. Lord, may our redemption towards you lead us to seek peace with others. Lead us to bring others into a saving knowledge of your mercy and your grace, that they too may live in your love, bathed by your compassion. Father, 
may it be so. Not simply because I wish it, but because you have already decided it for all of your creation. For all those who call upon your name and accept your gift of salvation. Thank you for your work of reconciliation. May it continue in my life till the day I find myself in your presence. For we pray these things in the precious name of our redemptive Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. As always, we are so grateful uh, to have you join us here in our services. And, and we pray that you will be motivated to put your faith in God into action. So would you please visit our website, 217faith.church, and help us uh, to spread the word by, by liking and sharing and clicking and doing all that notification stuff, you know, all those things that everybody always asks of. Help us to spread the word. We are truly humbled by God's calling in our lives to preach his message of hope, of love, and of invitation. So join us. And together, we can reach more who surely need a welcoming word from God's grace today. Help us to spread that word. Help us to do the work of the kingdom. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his face to you and grant you peace. So until next time. Go in the full assurance that God calls us to be obedient and faithful, not to subjugate us to him, but so that others may experience his goodness, his faithfulness, and his transformative love through our hope in him. May his gift of reconciliation begin to bring peace into your life today. May God bless you.